what do you want to do is start, we should have some sort of, um, I was supposed to get a Diet Coke before we started recording. I totally <laughs> forgot. I'm going to go get it. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm going to go get it. Just entertain the listeners while I go get my Diet Coke. Sure. Hey, listeners. It's me, your main man, Daryl Wong. It's been a long time since we've been doing this podcast, but it's been a pleasure. And I'm glad that those of you who are still out there listening to us, hope you're having a good time because we are. And this week, you're in for a little treat. Mm. Mixed bet. We're doing something a little different this week. We still watched a movie. I still watched yep. F9. I don't know if you did. Sure did. Okay, great. Um, yeah, but I thought we talked about this, I think at the end of 22 or maybe like the very beginning of this year. I don't remember when the episode came out, but doing our, instead of doing our annual best of list, there were some good movies that came out this year. I think we've sort of talked about them over the case, the course of the pod all last year and whatever. I figure we should do our worst of lists (laughs) of like, what are the worst movies we saw last year? Mm -hmm. And I just want to put a caveat in for me, a lot of movies that come out domestically in the United States come out at different times here in New Zealand. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually like putting my list is mostly good, but there is one that came out in New Zealand in 23 that came out domestically in 22 that I'm just counting in the list. I'm just keep, it's just in the, it's just sort of like in the genre of movies from 22 that are in the, Talking sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I set up some parameters for myself. All all I said was that it needed to have been released in 22, yeah. and I watched it in 22 in its entirety. Wow. Okay, cool. And did you go any, like, you're obviously streaming movies are involved, but are, did you sort of throw in anything else wise, thought-wise in terms of, like, I didn't really think to put in, like, oh, did I watch any, like, really bad streaming shows? <laughs> No like, TV, just movies. No, okay, just movies, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many you prepped. I only did five. I did five also. Okay, and perfect. of course, like, for some reason, my neighbors pick our recording times as the exact right time every week mm-hmm. to mow their lawns. So yeah. that is happening right now. <laughs> and if it <laughs> annoys anybody, I'm sorry. I hope they end it soon. All right. Um, do you want to go like five to one? Yeah, I think that's the move. Okay. And, uh, I'll start off. I'll start off. I'll okay. Start off. I picked a movie that like for my fifth worst movie <laughs> of 2022, I picked a movie that was like, came out, was bad. And then became like this sort of like meme, had this whole meme cycle and then was still bad. So, mm-hmm. my fifth worst movie of 2022 is a movie called Morbius, which I'm not sure okay. if you saw that movie. No. You did not. Um, it stars Jared Leto as, like, a superhero vampire um, who has to battle another superhero vampire. And it was really terrible. <laughs> it was really, really <laughs> bad. It, did, it completely bombed at the box office. And then there was this, like, weird meme internet cycle around it of like, yo, actually we love Morbius. <laughs> like, you know? And so the distributors of Morbius were like, let's jump on this. We're going to re-release Morbius in movie theaters. And then it bombed again. So it's a movie uh-huh. that bombed twice in the movie theaters last year. 
is actually bad in no way is redeemable or good. Um, when a studio chooses, and I think we touched on this last cycle, when they decide to re-release into theaters, yeah. it doesn't cost them doesn't doesn't cost them anything. Cost right? to the distributors, like the, the you know the like movie theaters that cost money to do, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, it costs them money because um, why? Well, though there has to be like advertising and promotional campaigns around it. Oh, you right. know, so like that does definitely cost money, and um, yeah, I don't know if they like end up. Distributors pay them a fee, like the the sorry, not the distributors, the um, movie uh, theaters. Yeah, the movie theaters pay them a fee, like half. You know, so I don't know where where all the economics work out, but it's not cheap. It's not mm-hmm. something they like do offhand, basically. You know, and they can't just throw it or sell it to a streamer. It's like they have to coordinate. There's a lot of work involved from a lot of people, I think. So, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know much. I wish I knew more around the economics of that. <laughs> this fucking like lawnmower. Kind of the wall. Can you hear to it? To be fair, I can't hear it at all. Okay, that's good. I'm sure it'll yeah. get picked up on my mic. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. All right. What's your fifth worst movie of last year? All right, number five for me, Jurassic World Dominion. Nice. Okay. So I like Laura Dern. I like Jeff Goldblum. I like yep. B.D. Wong. Yep. Great cast overall. I have mixed on Chris Pratt. But my main thing about this movie is that it's not a friggin' dinosaur movie. It's a movie right. about locusts, okay? Which is, not going to lie, not cool, okay? So locusts aren't really that scary because I don't live in a agricultural society where the threat of locusts could... In terms of, you know, my livelihood and society as we (laughs) know it. Straight up, I've seen this movie. And spoiler alert, this is my actually number two worst movie (laughs) of 2022. So I'll just like tell you that off the bat. Um, um, I didn't remember that the locusts were in this movie. (laughs) Like, it's it's just like completely gone from my consciousness. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the main part of the movie. It's like... All the other movies at least make an attempt to have the super duper um, T-Rex as a main part of the movie. Right. And even in the last ones where they have the raptor dogs, that T-Rex is out there tearing shit up. Okay. This one, not the case. All right. Not the case. It's all about the genetically modified, um, yeah, locusts that eat up all the competitors crops and stuff my i like i have like sort of a big issue with the fact that i'm not as much a pratt hater and i'm not as much a hater of like I, i'm not i don't have an issue with pratt haters hate pratt if you want to hate pratt i'm not like the the biggest pratt i don't care about mm-hmm. pratt <laughs> that's like at all yeah um so that's not my issue with the movie my issue i even like sort of the new crew like the pratt um the howard you know what's her name um Ron Howard's daughter, uh, the redheaded woman, um, mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Thank you, Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. I like her. I even like the little girl a little bit. So you've got that sort of three tri- triplet enclave, and then you've got like the three old timers with Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern. So you've got that mm-hmm. triplet, and then you end up having this new, like uh, a couple new people mixed in there. 
as well, like the pilot woman. And I think there's like a scientist who sort of helps them out while they're at the facility or whatever. Yeah. He's so cool. You got, and you've got Omar Sy. Yeah. The, uh, Omar Sy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got these new people. And so like, but you're looking at these groups and you're like, oh, these people are important and these people are important. And these new people are actually important and interesting. And the movie's not going to kill any of these nine people off. Right? Like, yeah. And so you're watching this whole movie like nothing's going to happen <laughs> because I know all of these people are going to be fine. All of these mm-hmm. people are going to be fine. We're going to watch. So all we have to do is like basically go on this roller coaster and the roller coaster isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's just like, okay, the dinosaur smashes the window and she like hides in the bog and then they like get in <laughs> the plane crashes and it's like everything's fine. <laughs> you uh-huh. know, and then like Tim Cook dies at the end of the movie yeah. or something. <laughs> it's like it's like He dies in a hyperloop, okay. <laughs> so um no, I hated this movie. <laughs> More than the other two Jurassic Worlds, which is sort of saying a bunch because I really didn't like either one of those movies either. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, what is... Okay, my fourth worst movie of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a man who has a secret. It's called Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. Oh. <laughs> a truly, truly... Truly awful film mm-hmm. um, in which Jude Law plays Dumbledore. And then, like, a bunch of other people are in it. And um, honestly, like, it's so nonsense. Like, where we've gone <laughs> from the, like, HP universe to now. Uh-huh. Like, the path that was taken post the eighth Harry Potter movie or whatever, like mm-hmm. of the main story that is based on books that has like a whole world around it. Everything from the final um, <laughs> train station, everything after that, just it's wild. Like, where we've ended up is so unimaginable to me. Like it's so <laughs> insane. We've got Ezra Miller who's playing some sort of like ghost bad guy, but actually a good guy with a good soul. And then we've got like... Um, Eddie Redmayne, who's an actor I'm not that fond of. Anyway, mm-hmm. like, as the central character, but ostensibly not the central character of the film. It's like Dumbledore is actually the main person, and the film really knows you want to see more Dumbledore, but they've sort of shoehorned themselves into a corner with this Eddie Redmayne situation. It doesn't know where to go. Nobody mm-hmm. in this movie gives a fuck about it. The writing is truly bad. Like, it's just, like, an offensively bad movie. Uh-huh. Um. And I didn't see the second one, so maybe I'm missing something, right? I saw, like, the first Fantastic Beasts, which was, like, fine. It was not good. It was just, like, add some jokes. They got, like, a fat Italian guy in it, which is, like, I'm always a little bit, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. let's do that more. Um, But uh, other than that, like, I I don't know. I'm not as, uh, yeah. But uh, no, this move one, this one was, um, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> I I saw that on a list of twenty two releases, and mm-hmm. I think I watched it. Yeah, don't remember anything don't about remember. it. Don't remember. Yeah. Do we think they're going to continue? Like, what's next in terms of Harry Potter? Honestly, it's it's hard yeah. to say because it's wrapped up in this um, Warner Brothers Discovery 
HBO mm. business, right? Like where there's this whole reset with Batman going on in the DC universe and James Gunn and all this crap. They're mm-hmm. really like blowing everything up over there with like Batman and Superman. One, all that shit is getting thrown into the garbage basically mm. after this year. And like a new thing is happening with that. Mm. And I think they, I mean, they're not stupid. And this new guy... I think his name is Zavlev or something like that. This, like, HBO boss. Mm-hmm. He's pissed a couple people off, but, like, these people aren't stupid. And I think what they really realize is, like, continuing to, like, weirdly shoehorn this really valuable IP of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. right? And the Harry Potter universe into this, like, th- horrible thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and like having it limp on with diminishing returns is bad for Warner Brothers and is bad for Harry Potter as a brand, which already has its own struggles at this <laughs> at this time and place, right? <laughs> so I think like I, I don't think they're gonna, I think the Wizarding World is over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think the the Fantastic Beast is over. As I've always said many times on this pod, just remake. The fucking original movies. It's That's been right. Twenty years and just do it. Um, so, but I don't know. I assume they're gonna blow it up and do something different. That's my hmm. guess. Yeah. Okay. Exciting. What is your fourth worst movie of twenty two? All right. So fourth worst for me was Amsterdam. Christian Bale, <laughs> Margot Robbie, John David Washington. Yeah. Uh, what I did really like was the weird doctor stuff. So this movie, it's a period movie that takes place just after World War One. I, I mm. liked that Christian Bale was like a weird doctor. And I liked all right. of the kind of like grotesque and like very, it's not primitive, but like experimental doctor shit that he was doing. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I thought, you know, the movie in its second act takes this turn toward figuring out who the committee of five are. And like then completely bizarre. Like. Oh, yeah. And then just, you know, all of like the, yeah, the Mussolini, yeah, all the fascist stuff at the end and, you know, all of the um, political intervention with an assassination. I was just like, ugh. Like, I don't know. I think I was, must have been a couple of years ago that I finished watching Peaky Blinders. And, you know, I think all of the, there's something about the, the, yeah, like the fascist, like, thing that's just not entertaining yep. to be anymore. And well, it's just like the movie is too clever by half for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you, you have these three characters which you haven't really given us a reason to care about any of them other than like their friends. Mm-hmm. And then you have like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, it's, then you sort of like try, it's not even shoehorning, like it leads to this sort of fascist plot sort of organically, but it's also like by the time you get there and by the time you're like half hour deep into figuring out what this whole thing is, you're like, I don't need, like, you know what I mean? Like this is too clever for itself basically. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to sort of prove to me that it knows how to sort of narratively connect all these dots and be very clever and quippy and fun. And I, uh, it's actually exhausting to me. Like that movie mm-hmm. was exhausting. That's not on my list, but it is like six. It was like a toss up between that and Morbius for me. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, Leto made the list. 
Yeah, Leto made the list. I'll say that. I'll say that. Leto Mm -hmm. did make the list. Um, So, yeah, I was not a fan of Amsterdam either. David O. Russell, I think, has made some good films in his career, Um, but um, that I don't count among them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, my third worst movie is Thor Love and Thunder. Mm. Marvel release. <laughs> really didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I just thought it treated... I, I Again, like, if you want to go down this road... Like, these movies are for children. And mm-hmm. you want to, like, go down this road of, like... Do the same... Like, great. I actually don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like a quippy movie for children. I just have had for many years, like the Taika fatigue thing has set in for me. Mm. And it's like the wacky kookiness of the whole thing. And the like two camera, jo- like turning to, you know, the, you know, like that kind of thing. The quirkiness is, it's just like, and the, it just means like you, you're, if you're not, treating it seriously like i'm not gonna treat it seriously and that's fine um but uh it didn't work for me like it it just i i don't know how else to put it it just like plain didn't work for me and like Mm -hmm. all of the times where it's in this mode of like being this quirkified fantastic like you know this is all a joke um I was completely disinterested in it. Like, and Mm -hmm. that's not to say you can't have fun in your movie. Like, I don't care if you want to make a movie for kids and like have a good time, you know, it just didn't work. It didn't work for me. I really, you know, and it just felt like a lot of it was these characters or these actors sort of playing caricatures of the quirky characters they had played, but you know, it just seems sort of too down a certain road for me. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Natalie Portman's coming back, and then it's like, oh, you, you know, I love Natalie Portman. I love Natalie Portman, but like, you're gonna do that again, and then you're gonna do that on top of a story about like some serious topics, like cancer and dying, and like, there's all this, like, there's no reverence in there, and it's like, all right, then I'm not gonna take you seriously at all, so that when you try to have emotional stakes that are serious. They don't really work for me, right? Uh, um, I see. I will say Christian Bale in that movie is doing like this insane King Lear like stuff, and that he plays Zeus, right? He plays no, he plays like the bad guy who's like I forget his name. He plays mm-hmm. like this like god killer. He's supposed to, he's like going around killing all these gods, but mm-hmm. he hates the gods and uh, he's yeah, going around yeah, killing yeah, them, yeah. and he like wants to like. But he's like this evil, like sharp tooth man, like bald person, <laughs> and he's doing this insane Shakespearean shit the whole time, which is completely out of the rest of the movie. But for me, really worked. <laughs> like it's the part of the movie that like really you're like, oh, I can fuck with this stuff, you know? What I, mean? uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I know that wasn't everybody's reaction to his performance in that movie, and like that's also fine. Um, but yeah, not a movie that worked for me at all. Did you see mm-hmm. it? I saw it and I generally felt positive about it. I yeah. came up on the list. I was like, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. I don't remember the no, exact point of it, yeah. but when I liked, I liked the Zeus in the stadium 
scene. Yeah, the Russell Crowe stuff. I think, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, thought, yeah. I think that was probably like this, of the sort of quirky, wacky stuff, that was probably the strongest for me. Um, but then, you know, it's like you have this sort of side road segment with Zeus. I don't mean to like, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but then at the end of the movie, like the stinger at the end of the movie is like Hercules arrives and he's here to like, you know, take revenge or whatever. It's like, it doesn't have any sting because it's born out of this like crazy side road that the movie has gone down. Mm -hmm. I know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel, I was, I felt like I was too old for it, which is a thing I have felt about the Marvel releases in general recently, which maybe is true. It's fine. It's almost, yeah, it's as if because there's infinite possibility, like there's gods or planets, you can do literally whatever you want in these movies. The way that they, what they choose from that and what they simplify and choose to show the audience is, you know, unsatisfactory. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right, what was your number three worst movie? Uh, So number three for me was White Noise. Adam Driver. Um, yeah. Um, this kind of was like the last one, I guess, where Adam Driver plays a professor of Hitler studies, which, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a very like important but also like unnecessary mm-hmm. part of this movie. Mm-hmm. And there is a, uh, was it a train that's carrying chemical waste, explodes, airborne toxic event, and then he has this thing going on with his wife and a test drug, and ultimately it ends up in like a like a faked like murder suicide thing. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, it's supposed to be an absurdist movie, but I think after watching this and I watched that, this doesn't count as a 2022, but I watched that Gucci movie. I found that this one sealed the deal in terms of me not being an Adam driver fan. Mm -hmm. I just like, Mm -hmm. don't like his acting. I don't think. Right. Um, I'm not against Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this feature because I have to, I mean, I've tweeted about this many times. Uh, uh, you, you just couldn't pay me a million dollars to see another Noah Baumbach movie. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I truly, I'm sure the guys, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, I really like, I'm sure he's a great guy. He is my by a mile least favorite working director today. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I um every movie I've ever seen of his I just think is I mean I I've just have hated. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's people out there who like his movies and like God bless him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I I um but I walked out of the movie Greenberg on my 21st birthday. Like, I went to see it in the theater, and I it's one of the very few movies I've ever walked out of the theater. And just said, it's <laughs> like, not worth it to me to stay here. This is the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate his movies, and I would just would never watch another one. <laughs> I can't do it. So, well, yeah. So this eyes. one, yeah, don't recommend this one. Light yeah, Noise, okay. my third no. worst movie of 2022. Mm-hmm. Stay away from it. It's not worth it. Driver is like up and down for me. I'd say yeah. I, I like definitely has performances I'm into, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Um, all right, my second worst is Jurassic World Dominion, which we've talked mm-hmm. about already. Your second worst would be okay. So my second worst 
I had to break my rules in order to put it on my list. Nice. <laughs> so my second worst is Black Adam, <laughs> The Rock, <laughs> because I started it and I was watching it, and there's just too much going on, mm-hmm. all right? He's trying to put himself into the DC universe, and they have to build this whole Egyptian backstory. There's just like too much they're trying to infuse to it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I watched maybe 25 minutes of it, and I was like, I can't watch this thing. I was trying to watch it for podcast purposes just to, like, you know, do it. But it was totally unwatchable. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a box office flop. It must have been. Nobody could have possibly liked that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's generally pretty disliked at this point. Yeah. It was a box office flop. I mean, this is a very, it, it is a very interesting media story, I feel like, mm-hmm. like a media case. I didn't like Black Adam either. I went to see it in the movie theater. It was mm-hmm. bad. Um, particularly offended by like the skateboarding kid. Like, you know, it's just like a, a little bit. You're like, come on, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is like the most like boiled essence corporate. Like, we need to relate to the youngsters out there. Mm-hmm, <laughs> well, let's mm-hmm. put a skateboarding kid, cool kid in it. <laughs> like, fuck. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay. So, I do feel like this movie says a lot about like The Rock and his like... <laughs> program you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think i think what's interesting about this movie is really the first bet that the rock has made that really hasn't worked out in his favor mm-hmm. let's think about this one is it is it a something that a movie was made and the rock was cast or is it we have rock and let's try to build a no, I'm this is the thing where he has that. been like put, he like found I think he like found this Black Adam character situation, or maybe he had a brief discussion with somebody about a DC many years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know these DC development cycles have been so long that it's like you know nothing ever happened. But he has been the one pushing this thing forward, like literally wrenching this thing out of the earth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And being like, I'm gonna play this character. We're gonna do this. You know, and so. And then it's gone through so many fucking rewrites, so many fucking reshoots, so many different cuts, so many focus groups. It's just been like boiled to death, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's really been the one, what, what, what I gather from like the trades or whatever, is that like this was The Rock's bid to widely and broadly take over the DC universe and like be the kind of guy who develops the structure and story going forward for Mm -hmm. the DC universe stuff. Right. Um, much like there's sort of one guy looking at the Marvel stuff and like crafting those movies in his image sort of going forward. Mm -hmm. Rock sort of, I think wanted to be that like wanted to be this sort of super producer of the DC universe. And this was his bid to do it. Yeah. I mean, good aspiration. It, it weirdly makes sense for him yeah. in a way of like, okay, what's like an established and franchisable IP I can like get my hands on and like weld into my brand because I sort of at the tail end tried to do that with Fast and Furious and like didn't work out for me, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I've parted ways with that, whatever, but you know, 
I'm going to do this now. And so it's sort of his second attempt at that. And it, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was a better movie, who knows? It was like, he came in at the wrong point, kind of, where it was like, you know, it it was HBO and Warner Brothers got sold and like merged with Discovery. And then it's like, oh, there's, there's just a whole, there was a whole like sea of corporate change right around the time that he was trying to do this and the movie was bad and the movie was not financially successful. Mm -hmm. So it was like everything sort of worked against him to like not have this work out for him. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows if the movie is like a mega smash hit and everybody loves it. Does he be then become the guy right uh, at this moment where there's like this big sort of change? Maybe, but Ultimately, I think James Gunn and this other writer have sort of taken up that role at this point, have been appointed to sort of marvelize the Warner Brothers stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, and which I don't know is necessarily going to be any good, you know, um, creatively or any good for the industry. I think the marvelization of all this crap is pretty terrible, but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, they're free to do what they want. Um, anyway. I, I think that piece of Black Adam is very interesting. I did not like Black Adam, but I do not think it was worse than the rest of the movies on my list. So, there you go. Um, my number one worst movie of the year mm-hmm. is actually a movie I saw pretty recently. This is the one where okay. I had to bend the rules. <laughs> also. <laughs> because it did come out in 2022 in America, but not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a movie called The Whale which is an independent feature starring Brendan Fraser about a very fat 600-pound man who's sort of trying to reconnect with his daughter. What is bad about this movie? I mean, this movie is atrocious. (laughs) It's not... Yeah. I was literally recommended to watch this movie today. Okay. Oh, today. By, okay. So I actually really <laughs> want to know who's. I actually want to know the name of the person who said that because watching this movie is like I cannot fathom a human being who would walk away from this movie who's like, yeah, it's pretty good, you know, like or even like that level of like, uh-huh. you know. So um, it's my friend yeah, Angela. You, Okay. And she recommended it. I think we were talking about movies that'll make you cry. Is this a cry-worthy movie? No. I mean, no? it wants to be. Mm. It wants to be. Okay, so here's what my problem is with the whale. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, adapting a... It was a play that was mm-hmm. on stage. Okay. And adapting a play to a screen is hard right and it doesn't you don't think about it like it would be hard but it's very hard because you have a script in one and you have a script in the other and like you should be able to bloop, bloop, but it doesn't work like that hmm. because when you're on stage you you have to write dialogue for people who are 30 to 100 feet away from your actors and so yes some of them can see their faces pretty well but many of them cannot see their faces very well Right? Just like by the sheer distance that they are from the stage. Mm-hmm. And so the dialogue that you write 
like and the big emotional turning points of the the play have to be conveyed almost entirely in dialogue right like you have to say all these emotions very ex- explicitly um and like have these and the twists and turns of your movie like the emotional tipping points have to be much bigger to like affect this audience that's at such a distance emotionally mm. Right, they they have to have these much bigger crests of and bigger emotional swings on the roller coaster. So, but when you make a movie, okay, when you make a movie, you can't. We're right here on the actor's face, and we can see all the little intricacies and twitches. And so, like, if you don't adapt the text properly, the, the, the it's completely out of tone. Right, the text then is completely out of tone with your with a film's ability to like express the details of feeling on an actor's face. Okay, I know this is complicated, but like, bear with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so if you when you adapt it, you have to account for this textually. Mm. Okay, and if you don't, you have this emotional dissonance between what the actors are doing on their faces and how they're like living their expressed emotions on film. Right. And what they're saying is so otherworldly, like a person wouldn't say up close to another person and we wouldn't see, you know, hear them say Mm. up close that it's so staggeringly like chaotic and like dissonant that you're, you just are like, Whoa, you just have this feeling of like, what is happening the whole time? Uh. You know, um, people don't feel real because they're not like in real life. People don't like swing their arms around and tell everybody how they feel all the time. Right. But in a play, they do do that Mm -hmm. because they have to. Right. You have to throw your emotion and your things out there and like past the stage. The stage actually imbues the dialogue with meaning, with intricate meaning, you know. And so, like, there's other problems where you have to, like, in a play, you have three and a half hours, right? Plus an intermission. And the intermission is important, right? It mm-hmm. allows people to digest these large emotional swings and, like, ready themselves for their resolution. You don't have that in a two-hour movie. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, Brendan Fraser is doing a fine job. Okay, Samantha Morton is doing a fine job. Sadie Sink, a a good young actress who I really haven't seen before, but apparently is in Stranger Things, is doing a pretty good job. You know, it's like completely fine. But the adaptation is so, it's ruinous. It's just like the movie is so fucking bad. I'm like, I don't use the word unwatchable a lot, but it's almost unwatchable. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. It's 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 very difficult. I'll be interested if you end up watching it mm-hmm. or watching 30 minutes of it or whatever. I'd be interested what the experience is like on the smaller screen because I did see it in a movie theater. Right. Um, I think Fraser is going to win the Oscar for this movie. Mm-hmm. And like... I mean, he doesn't do a bad job in the movie at all, but I think there's going to be a long hangover after that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like the guy. I think, like, I'm happy for him. I think he deserves, like, after a long career of, like, entertaining us, deserves some fetting for that, you know? 
But I do think some of the Frasier stuff is wrapped up in this like nostalgia for a certain type of swashbuckling movie star that we just completely destroyed and like don't have anymore, you know? Hmm. Anyway, that's my big rant on the whale. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like maybe there's some recency bias for putting it at the top of my list or the bottom of my list, mm-hmm. but it deserves it. Like truly terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> So my number one here Mm. is certainly not getting any Oscar Mm. nominations this year, Uh, but it released in the back end of the year, and it was by far the worst movie I've watched in a long time, in fact. Mm. And this one was Lindsay Lohan's Falling for Christmas, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, I mean, I'll also say that this was easily the worst movie I watched all year, but I'm extremely glad that I watched it, and I made a point to watch it and not receive any spoilers from anybody else. And the reason for this is because throughout the holidays, my dad is a big fan of the Hallmark movie, just like a tight, you know, yeah. 90, 90 minutes, minutes, just like baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tight 90 minutes, you know, start here and here, you know, ditch your rich totally. boyfriend, go out with the um, ski lodge guy, have a little bit of amnesia, resolve mm-hmm. everything in a nice tight package at the end. Yeah. So terrible movie, but I was really happy to see Lindsay Lohan. I'm glad she's doing something. And I thought it was a fun watch, but it was a terrible movie. I might watch it again, you know, I next almost holiday threw it season. On. I got to be yeah. honest, I almost threw it on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, good to see Lohan again. Yeah. I feel like seeing Lohan again was like, the SNL last week or whatever was uh, Pedro Pascal, who is mm-hmm. good. But, like, the musical guest was Coldplay. Who's like, have I ever been, like, the great biggest fan of Coldplay in my life? No. But, like, yeah. I was, as soon as they came on, I was like, you know what? Genuinely good to see Coldplay again. <laughs> like, genuinely good. Yeah. I'm genuinely yeah. happy to see them. <laughs> and that's sort of how I felt about Lohan for this movie. It was like, you know what? Exactly. I'm to see Lohan out there, like, working again, exactly. you know? <laughs> but no good. No good. No good, but I mean, I would... No good, but I would recommend watching it. Because okay. I like Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> so. Worst movie of the year that I watched, but recommend we recommend. All right. We're, we've gone, we've ranted for a long time about these movies. And by uh-huh. we, I mean primarily me. Do you want to pick out like one F9 thing, like your most prescient F9 uh, point from this week? And like, uh, we'll just talk about two things or whatever, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Sure. I mean, mine was easy. I think Kenny Linder as he is uh, after the race talking to the boys, is a dickhead. <laughs> is a dickhead. Huge yes. dickhead. <laughs> that was exact. I wrote it down in my in my notes. He's a huge dick. <laughs> he deserves to get his ass beat. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, he's a big dickhead. Just like you know, you're, you're, yeah, their dad just died. He's there being an asshole, and he says this thing. You know what? We're all just driving around the same shitty circle over here. I was like, whoa. I was like, yeah. mean, but. Profound. Yeah, profound. Profound. I mean, he's uh, sort of profound. He does call Jacob the useless one. I was like, <laughs> his dad 
just died. Like, uh-huh. I don't actually care what you think about the person. His dad just died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just give it like one second, okay? <laughs> you know? But I mean, that is, that is like, he does have some profound shit to say. I kind of hope he comes back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he won't, but they've kind of, they're done with the Kenny Lindor shit. And I don't think, I assume young, the young crew is never coming back also. Like, I assume the mm-hmm. young crew is not fast Xing. Mm hmm. Um, are we gonna have to record an emergency episode when the Fast F X trailer drops? Probably. Oh, this episode is, is probably coming weekend? out after that trailer drops. So if we did, it'll it's up on the feed. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it coming? It's probably coming this weekend around yeah, I think Super it is. Bowl. Yeah. They're gonna yeah. have a Super Bowl spot. I th- I think yes. Probably. Is the answer. Yeah, yeah. that'd be my guess. Everybody ready for Louis Leterrier's Fast X? Oh, <laughs> it just doesn't have that ring to it. You know? It doesn't quite. It doesn't quite get there for me. All right. The one thing I thought was very interesting that I noticed about F Nine this week while watching it is that Dom's dad sounds almost exactly like Brian O'Connor. Oh, like in his pat in the tone of his voice and the pattern of his speech, and I. I don't know if it was... I would actually be super interested to know if it was intentional or not. Mm. Um, But, yeah, next time you go through this movie, like, take a look. Because there's a weird funny-duddy connection going on there that I thought Mm -hmm. was interesting. Yeah. Does the actor have... Is he a well-known actor of any sort? Has he done other stuff? I don't think so. I didn't look him up. He's not somebody I, like, immediately recognize off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but he may have been in other stuff that I'm just, it just doesn't come to my head right away. Yeah. So, that would be the point of comparison. And it, yeah. I think it would be cool if he, you know, maybe studied the movies leading up to it, picked up a little twang there. and used Yeah, it's it just movie. kind of like this nice SoCal. T- I mean, it's like, it's SoCal and SoCal, right, basically. Mm-hmm. So there is that, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's. They would be too far off in reality. I just feel like it was so. I was kind of like working while I was watching the movie, and I like wasn't looking at the screen right at that moment. And I just heard it. And I was like, "What the fuck? That sounds like Brian O'Connor." And then I looked. And I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." So that was it for me. Okay. Cool. Go. 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 Um, do you, I don't want to do shadows. Do you want to do shadows? Not, not really. Do you got one you want to talk about? One. I got one. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's right. do one shadow. One shadow. All right. So if you have the space and you're thinking about making the jump, I highly encourage you to upgrade from a queen size to a king size mattress. Ooh. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It sounds so good. Uh, Yeah. If you have the space, absolutely go for it. The extra real estate horizontally is a total game changer. A gum challenger. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So we recently got a Wink mattress, which is fine from like a mattress perspective. But it's really about the real estate. And yeah, having the expanse to relax, it just... Pays the dividends. Wink ones, are they firmer or are they softer? This one is on the firmer side. Yeah. We purposely picked something a little bit firm so we have some support. But I 
went through a firm phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say like I got a, I think I got a wink. I got some kind of mattress for a while. Um, that was firmer. The sort of like that dense, you know, what's the other mattress? Casper wink, mm-hmm. like memory foam, that density. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through a phase of like that level of firmness for a while. And like, I'm, I'm off. I'm off again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to sleep on a fucking cloud. I like, yeah. I want my body to just sling into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a lot better for me. I haven't, weirdly, the firmer mattresses hurt my neck more, which you think wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. I end up like, because I sleep on my side so much, my shoulder like goes up. And I know this because, like, I don't have enough pillows. I can never get the right ratio of pillow to mat- firm mattress. It's very tough mm-hmm. for me. So I end up sleeping with my shoulders sort of crunched up for the whole night, and that really hurts my neck. So uh. I'm back to soft mattresses. Um, all right, but shout out to the king size mattress concept. We're fans. Go there. Yeah, it's go there. I might. I'm moving pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So I might uh, upgrade. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, all right. Well, if you want to upgrade to becoming a listener of our, <laughs> um, you can uh, subscribe on Apple Music, wherever you catch your pods. I guess you should rate and review us. That would be really great if you guys did that. Um, I haven't checked the reviews in a while. I assume none have happened. That's what I assume. So, <laughs> if you want to like break those aspersions, I'll check it this week. I will. Mm-hmm. I will check it this week. Um, and if there's a good, funny one, I'll fucking read it. So, um, anyway, uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we, we are at Nolt Podcast on Twitter, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. We are No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. Dot com. Uh, no one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com and patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. We put special episodes up there and people vote on our in betweeners and you can give us between one and four dollars a month. And that's the deal with that. So, uh, Daryl, my friend, I will talk to you in two weeks. That's right. We'll continue the what are we calling it? The end to end that meet us in the middle. Yeah, the flip we'll flop. Cycle. We'll do the floppers, <laughs> but uh, we'll do too fast, too furious Sounds in great. two weeks. <laughs>